Faster Mai, good afternoon. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. I'm Dolan Mercer, here with you until two o'clock. Aaron Ibanez and William King join me in the studio this afternoon. We're talking, uh, taking a look at two topics which have dominated the current affairs agenda on the island over recent weeks. Until one o'clock, we're looking to the sea, reflecting on recent developments for the Queen's scallop fishing industry on the Isle of Man. And from one until two, after the extended news with Howard Kane, we look to the land as results from a recent public consultation on medicinal cannabis and industrial hemp are published. If you are listening live, we'd love you to get involved, sending thoughts on anything you hear and asking questions to our guests in the second hour. You can text us on 166-167, you can email studio at manxradio.com and you can use the hashtag MRPerspective on social media. So, first of all, this week we're looking at the beginning of the Queen's Scallop fishing season for this year, which began on Monday. An iconic seafood product for the Isle of Man, worth millions to the Manx economy, a staple part of our culture and deemed to be a local delicacy by many. Though in recent years, following the creation of marine nature reserves around the island, both the health and stock levels of Queen and King scallops have come under the spotlight. It was hoped by the Environment Department these reserves would act as a protected and safe breeding ground to maintain sustainable stock levels for the island's fisheries into the future. In an announcement a week before the start of the season, the Environment Department declared there would be new restrictions imposed on catch limits in Manx territorial waters for 2019. The news was broken to those in the industry at a conference, the annual Manx Fishing Industry Conference, which took place on Monday the 24th of June. It was an opportunity for all parties involved in fisheries to discuss the health of the industry, fishermen, scientists and political representatives alike. In light of these new restrictions, Manx Radio went to one of the fishing epicentres of the Isle of Man to gauge the views of those who work on the water gearing up for the new season, the Manx Fishermen. With the Queen scallop season set to get underway on Monday, Manx fishermen have been told they will have to catch 40% less following new government measures. It's an announcement that has been met with shock, anger and confusion within the fishing community. Walking the Keys in Peel, traditionally the epicentre of fishing on the island, and the response to the news is fierce. It's garbage, one fisherman told me, while another one said they're making a rule book out of nothing. Scientists from the University of Bangor who work for the Environment Department have said Queenie stocks are at their lowest levels since 1993. They say new restrictions are therefore essential to ensure the long-term sustainability. At the Manx Industry Fishing Conference earlier in the week, the scallopers were informed of exhausted stock levels and were even told that there mightn't be a season next year. In light of the announcements, it's left many from the island's 28 licensed scallop boats concerned with how they'll stay afloat and pay the bills. We've been asked to turn to prawns, one told me, but asking a fisherman to do that is like asking a plasterer to become a bricky overnight. Although it is not uncommon for some fishermen to fish off the Scottish coast for days on end, away from home, it's a thought that some cannot bear thinking about, with one stating, I know I can make a living here, but I'm just not allowed to. 
The island scallop industry is worth millions, but the new quota regime has come under heavy criticism, with fishermen being told that there is no scallops by the Bangor scientists, yet many are claiming to have caught a full week's quota in a single day. According to the men working on the boat, it's been an industry on the wane for the last three years. They are now threatening that these new measures may render the island's fishing fleet no longer viable. Of who I spoke to on the marina, they are all left scratching their heads at what the scientists are telling them, contrary to their experiences out on the water. One fisherman hasn't seen a situation like this in all his 35 years of catching queen scallops, and even went as far to say that government is going to finish this industry and they'll need to compensate those lost. Manx Radio understands that a number of Queenie boats are expected to go under this year. So as the number of Queenies in the Irish Sea is seemingly disputed, it poses a situation that is putting both livelihoods and indeed an age-old Manx industry on the brink. Aaron Ibanez with that report. As I mentioned before, the news broke at an industry conference in Peel where delegates saw a series of short talks ranging from Irish Sea fish surveys to Manx static gear fisheries. There was also a panel discussion with officers from the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture as well as scientists from Bangor University who advised the Manx government and were behind the decision to impose this season's 40% reduction in catch limits. As part of that event, there was to be a presentation from Seafish UK exploring why the current model for scallop fisheries management isn't working. That was delivered by Hazel Curtis, who explained to John Moss what exactly she was trying to, trying to get across. Yeah, so um, the title was given to me by the um, organisers of the conference held in London in February. And what I looked at really was um, some of the elements of the fisheries management model that are missing or maybe not ideal. And um, not all of those are true specifically for the Isle of Man. So stock assessment is one of the elements that's missing for the UK. But in the Isle of Man, you're ahead and you do have stock assessment. Um, but you haven't had for um, a very long time. So really, it's an improving situation, I think, in terms of management of scallop fishing around the Isle of Man. But it's not there yet. Uh, the plan was obviously for the Isle of Man to develop its nurseries to get the numbers of scallops up. But now we hear that it's going to be another cut of 40%, which would seem to indicate to those outside that it's not working. Yep, that would be um, a, a fair picture to draw based on what I heard this morning from the scientists conducting stock assessment around the Isle of Man. Um, perhaps the amount of scallops taken was higher than uh, was really sustainable to take. And I understand that not all of that, not all of the fishing on these stocks is done by Isle of Man vessels. But there are vessels from the rest of the UK fishing here and they're not subject to uh, the quotas that the Isle of Man vessels are subject to. So is the only way that we can get on top of this is to police those coming from outside and stop them taking so many scallops? Well, um, as the law stands, um, there's restricted ability to do that. Certainly the principle you describe, um, limiting the amount of scallops or fish taken, is the way to make sure that a fish stock or a scallops a scallop stock can be kept at a good size. How you achieve that depends on what legal 
context you're in. So we're in the European Union common fisheries policy at present, and it has um, freedoms and restrictions that we can't just change. Um, we're either in it or not. I should imagine you were looking at some pretty gloomy faces in your audience. Uh, there were some people um, there this morning who were facing some very difficult choices from uh, from both the industry and, of course, from politics. There are trade-offs to be made there, too. So some fishermen are facing whether they can continue. Yeah, it does look like that. That was Hazel Curtis of Seafish UK there speaking to John Moss about her presentation to the annual Manx Fishing Industry Conference, which took place on Monday the 24th of June. Following a sustained period of trying to speak to someone working in Queen Scallop Fishing on the island, Manx Radio did eventually get the views of Stan Pinnington, who's been fishing for Queenies for the past 57 years. He told Aaron Ibanez the reason why many fishermen weren't prepared to go on record is because they were afraid they would blow their top. As expected, emotions are running high in a community of roughly 28 Queen Scallop Fishing boats with confusion and, in some cases, rage ensuing. Not just jobs, but livelihoods are on the line, fishermen say, with bills needing to be paid and mouths to be fed. See all these years you're fishing, you, you tend to know things. You can, you can go down the Irish Sea as though you're driving down town. We know where everything is and where everything was and where it's going to be. And if it's no use this year, it'll be there next year. But they're trying to tell us that they're right and we're wrong. So this 40% reduction then, how does that change the industry, so to speak, and, and what, how fishermen approach it? Well, I don't really know what it's going to do. I don't think it's going to do anything. They're putting us on a, on a quota now. We might go and get it in a day. We might go and get it in two days. I don't know. But they think they are sorting it all out, and they're sorting nothing out. It's as simple as that. These powers that be, they think they're sorting our future out. They're sorting nothing out. What about the future of the industry? Because, I mean, this time next year, there's, it's even been said that there might not even be a Queenie season. Well, exactly. Who's, who's decided that? I've seen poo years for years and years. The year my son was born, we couldn't get 10 or 12 bags of Queenies a day. So what's happened? They, these people seem to think they can save Queenies. I can understand a little bit with the scallops. Scallops take a bit longer to grow, one thing or another. But with Queenies, I just don't see the point in how you're trying to save what's not going to be there next year. I don't get it, like. Is it, it begs the question, is it a sustainable industry for you, do you think? Yes, if it's left to the fishermen. It's as simple as that, and I can't see any more than that. If it's left to the fishermen, they'll look after it. But the argument from the scientists is that when it's left to the fishermen, in your own words, you've hammered them, and there's actually no, there's no stocks for, it, for you to fish. Well, how can a scientist go and try somewhere where there's no, where there's no queenies, and then tell us there's no queenies? Because we already know there's none there. What have your experiences been like with, with scientists? You have, have you had them on board? Have you helped them survey? I don't know time for them. None whatsoever. I spoke to one fisherman who's, who's been doing the Queenies for, the, for about 35 years, uh -huh. and he reckons this whole situation, he's never seen anything like it before. It's never been like this. This is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. People are just making themselves jobs out of us. We're, we're going to starve to death, and they're going to have jobs. Seems to be all bangy university and all that. You get snappy nosed kids coming down on your boat telling you what to do, and you don't even know what they're talking about. It's very much, obviously, a very emotional debate. It's and it's it's from outside looking in. It's very like it's us v them in terms of the fishermen v the you know the the, the, well, the research. I, I think it is like any fisherman in the Isle of Man, and they're all good fishermen. 
you know, there's no clowns. They all know how to do the job the same as me and everybody else. And they're getting told that they're wrong. And the do-gooders are right. If I was going out fishing and they tell me there's no queenies, I don't listen to that. I go out and find out for myself the same way as all the other lads. And as long as you've got the experience to go all around the place, you'll find queenies. They're basically saying, next year, there's going to be none. What the is that like? There's going to be none. And Geoffrey Boot, he turns around and says, I'm thinking of banning. The f does he know about fishing? Where was he when I started fishing in 1962? Where was Geoffrey Boot? And, and I'm supposed to listen to him. We all know that Manx Queenies, it's, a, it's, a, it's an iconic industry. It's, it's worth millions of pounds for, yeah. for the Manx economy. These restrictions, as you've, you've said, it's going to affect the fishermen. Uh -huh. But is it going to have knock-on effects for our business, do you think, as well? It's bound to do, isn't it? I mean, the lad we sell to, Billy Cayley, he's got, a, he's got a bloody big factory down there and he's got Christ knows how many staff. What are they going to do? Work one day a week? Twiddle their thumbs all the rest of the week? I mean, that man there's going to be out of business. But is anybody worried about Billy Cayley and his factory? I don't think so. But the more interested in what Geoffrey Boots got to say. I'd rather be interested in how Billy Cayley keeps his factory. And I want to get the produce to give to Bill. Billy's a good man, he's been in the fishing all his life. And I want the fish to keep Billy going. And you get people ashore saying, oh, we're going to do this and we're not going to do that. Are they interested in me or Billy Cayley or my son or anybody else? They're not. They're just do-gooders. And they don't know, they don't know half of what they're sprouting like. That was Stan Pinnington there, Queen Scallop fisherman of more than 50 years, speaking to Aaron Ibanez. The Nation Station, Radio. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. Until one o'clock, we're looking to the sea, reflecting on recent developments for the Queen Scallop fishing industry on the island. Before the break, we heard from Stan Pinnington, who's been fishing for Queenies for the past 57 years. Alex Watton asked Environment Minister Geoffrey Boot to respond to the concerns of fishermen. Well, I can understand the frustration and anger. Uh, livelihoods are at stake. Our fishery is at stake. Um, but uh, we, we are at crisis point with the Queenie stock. And the science is uh, pretty solid. But to, to back that up, because there is some disbelief in the industry, and I am aware of that, uh, we have funded an industry survey that is taking place now or has taken place over the last few days before the season starts. Uh, so the industry has been enabled to go out there and uh, do their own sampling under supervision. And we will start the season on the 1st of July, but uh, I've undertaken to review the situation in four weeks' time. And should this survey throw up uh, stock that we are unaware of, then we will review the situation at that point. From what uh, you were saying before, it sounds like there's been a slight uh, disconnect between the announcement that's been made uh, to them a week ago um, and what what they've sort of been hearing. It seems that it's come as a shock to them. Uh, I mean, do you think you've told them with enough time? 
Well, I, we had to get our surveys complete, but we work with the Scallop Management Board, which is independent of DEFA, has an independent chair. Uh, there are representatives from all the jurisdictions, fishermen and uh, processors uh, are, are on that board. And uh, they review the data that Bangor produce for us, uh, and they come back with their recommendations. Well, I review with the fisheries team. It's not just me that makes this this decision. Uh, it, it, it's heartfelt and uh, in depth when we look at these things. And uh, I, I was really disappointed when the survey uh, came back this year. So uh, that sort of went backwards and forwards to the board. Uh, and finally, we made our recommendations or I made the recommendations based on the advice I had and let the board know. And then we promulgate them to the industry. But until we have all the results and it's gone through the board process, uh, we can't uh, announce a decision. They are going to fish on the 1st of July and the question was for how much would they be fishing and the biomass is at its lowest level uh, since records began, substantially below uh, since records began. If I take us back to 2011, um, there were tens of thousands of tonnes of biomass or queenies uh, uh, on the seabed as it were. Uh, we're talking about just over a thousand tonnes this year. Is that a yearly basis, though, that it should be looked at? Because it seems to be that in the past people recall there being times like these regularly. Well, since our records began in 1993, um, there's never been a situation like this. They Wait, have... well, he's recalling back to the 50s, 60s. Yes, yeah, so that would have been more anecdotal then. And uh, I, I, I can't disagree. He obviously has been in the industry for a long time. Uh, but there would be no science attached to that. And uh, I suspect it was self-limiting uh, in times uh, a, a long time ago, in as much that uh, we, we have more sophisticated vessels now, or we have to cooperate with other jurisdictions who have access um, and uh, there are there is more effort generally if we don't control it I mean I don't know how many boats were fishing in those days and how big they were and how many dredges they carried so I can't make a, a valid assessment. One of the aspects of uh, Stan's interview was a fairly dismissive attitude towards the science and the politics uh, behind these decisions. Do you think you should be doing more to make them feel like they're included in this decision making? Well, I'm sad that he feels that we don't include uh, the fishermen in that decision-making process. We have the independent board, which is the industry representation. They have their own uh, producers organisation uh, who we communicate with and work with uh, quite closely. And uh, last week uh, we held a, a fisheries conference to which all fishermen were invited and uh, the science was there for everyone. I opened the conference and uh, the, the scientists were there available for questioning. So but again, that's a week before the season starts. You can see why that might not be convenient for everybody. I, I think you're probably right. Uh, but uh, as I said earlier, collating the data and having that data available is not uh, necessarily easy to do. In fact, it's impossible to do three or four months before the event. Uh, we need to know uh, what the current situation is when the season starts. So, yes, I'll take it on board and uh, we will try and be more communicative. But uh, I, I'm sorry that we, we, we appear to be uh, uh, on the wrong side of this in terms of communication.
Well, how, what, what can you do to improve that relationship, the divide that appears to be there? Well, I think we can uh, certainly, um, David Beard, who is uh, head of the uh, Producers Association in Peel, we do speak to him. He knows he's on the Scallop board. Um, I, I could turn around and say he should communicate with his, his members more, but I'm not going to say that. Uh, I think it's uh, beholden upon us all uh, to communicate the message. I think it's been uh, fairly obvious uh, for, for two or three weeks where we were going with this and uh, I I made a decision I think uh, about two and a half weeks ago with the uh, Fisheries Directorate as to where we were going to go with the the present tack following the recommendations from the Scallop Board and I'm sorry that uh, is short notice as it were but uh, the season will start Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what sort of catch has uh, come out Uh, I'm believe the science is right. It's fairly robust. Uh, Bangor are are very uh, well versed in producing these surveys and uh, I I have no reason to doubt the science at all. Obviously the fishermen have a vested interest in this but how do they respond to the need for conservation? Well it's difficult. If I was a fisherman and I want to earn a living I want to catch as many queen scallops or king scallops or whatever I'm fishing as I can. Uh, But I think most fishermen uh, understand uh, that uh, there needs to be a a limit um, or we'll have a free-for-all. When I first became minister, I had uh, a very difficult decision to make as to... uh, imposing bag limits on, on, on scallop fishing um, because we had a sort of race to fish uh, three years ago um, and uh, we had to stop that and since then we've been very careful working with industry through the scallop board to make sure we amalgamated uh, the queen and king scallop board so it's a scallop board now uh, so that they are able to review and give advice uh, to uh, the industry, as well as work with the Producers Association and ourselves, so that people are aware of what's going on. The Scholar Board, and I reaffirm this, is independent of us. We have no direction in that board. Uh, this year, they are aware of the situation. They recommended a 20% reduction, um, but when we reviewed the figures, that would have caught over 50% of the available biomass and the uh, information we had from Bangor was that that would have taken the biomass at the stock level below uh, its critical point where simply it would be very difficult to regenerate. Well, we're talking 40% then, uh, that number. What's the economic cost of that? Well, it, it's going to be big yeah, because uh, every year there's been a reduction. At the moment, they can go out and catch uh, the same bag limit as, as they did last year um, but with the amount of stock available they're going to use that up fairly quickly if they catch a lot. We will review it in four weeks but uh, I'm not that optimistic that uh, the industry survey is going to turn up anything new. Uh, the, uh, we, we've done the science, Bangor have done the science and uh, uh, I think it's going to be correct sadly. What about job losses then? I think it's 28 boats that are specific for this kind of fishing that would be affected. How many per boat? Have you worked out how many people may be out of a job? Uh, we haven't precisely. Uh, some people work part-time. There are skippers that work for uh, owners. Uh, so it, it's a difficult one to assess. Um, but yes, um, if, if the season is as poor as we think it's going to be, and looking forward, it doesn't look very optimistic, um, there will undoubtedly be some difficulties. We are looking at the situation in terms of making uh, substantial grants available for diversification but I also understand the problems there with quota and uh, what's available. Uh, We are looking 
actively at how we can acquire quota or work with the Producers Association to acquire quota. And there are some non-quota species that can be caught. I think in some of the other interviews we've heard as well, there has been this sort of stressing that, you know, you can't just move from one kind of fishing to another. They are very, very different. Are you going to be offering anything in the way of retraining or or help in that regard? Well, we the, the grants uh, address gear change, which is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You, you have to sort of uh, re-equip your boat for different types of fishing. Um, I think in terms of training, uh, I, I'm not aware that we would need to retrain the people. Um, but uh, yes, there was a, a or, or a training in something there. else, perhaps. Well, uh, I think that's something for the future. Let's see what happens. Uh, we've just finished the King Scallop season. Um, there was a reasonable season there, but they didn't reach the total allowable catch. Uh, sadly, that sat with the science that we had at the beginning of the season. Uh, this season, we'll see how the Queenies go. I hope that some of the boats will be able to diversify. Uh, there, there is a big prawn fishery in our territorial sea, which we're not exploiting at the moment, but it's difficult with quota. Is that something you'd want to encourage then? Yes, we would like to see diversification. If you look at what's happened in the past, we've now got uh, quite a, a substantial whelk fishery, which we're now uh, policing and controlling. And uh, that that was not there. It was There were some whelks caught, but it, it's developed substantially over the last few years. And when you do encourage that kind of diversification, whether it's with prawns or whelks, would you be looking at it with a slightly different head and now knowing what the situation is like with Queenies? Would you be looking at it with a more conservative head? Well, I think in all fisheries, the science is developing uh, all the time. Uh, we know that in the Pan-Irish Sea, uh, queen scallops and king scallops are, have been overexploited. All the jurisdictions know this, um, but it, it's getting everyone together. We have a fisheries management agreement um, and uh, we, we, we work through that and that allows access uh, from other jurisdictions into our waters and vice versa. At the moment it seems to be more of a one-way street into our water, but that's, uh, waters, but that's, uh, that's another story. Yeah. Uh, it, it may not be that way forever. And we have to be aware of that. And we are looking at the FMA um, and renegotiation in due course. But it would be nice if we could cooperate uh, on a pan-Irish sea basis so that we have proper closed areas where we know spawning's taking place um, and we, we cooperate on fisheries closing, uh, size limits and things like that. But at the moment, we're not there. We're working hard on that. We have the science and I would say that we've got probably some of the best uh, research and science uh, in the UK at the moment. And uh, but that needs to translate to the other fisheries as well. Just finally, because I've already kept you quite long. Um, if if you were to be offered an invitation to come aboard a, a fishing vessel in Peel, say, would you take it up? Yeah, I'd be quite happy to go on board. Uh, I have been fishing uh, and I used to do a lot of sea fishing uh, many years ago and and I know it's not the same as commercial fishing um, but I have been on boats when they pulled uh, lobster pots and crabs for instance Uh, but uh, yeah I would be happy to go on a boat uh, and and see what happens Uh, and talk to them of course and, and talk to the fish fishermen and uh, see what their problems are but it doesn't change the fact that there's only a limited amount of stock available and and, and sadly we, we we can't change that and uh, I know it's difficult uh, and and frustrating for the fishermen uh, that, that that there is this limited amount of stock available but uh, it's been declining for some time and sadly it doesn't look as though there's going to be a change uh, uh, this year. That was Environment Minister Geoffrey Boot there with an extended interview with Alex Watton.
We have had some messages coming into the studio. William King joins me. William. Thank you, Dolan. Yeah. Um, Andy's got in touch to say, let the queenie fishermen fish for what they want. Then when the fishery is fished out, it's their own fault. So the government won't have to give them or the producers any compensation. Thanks very much for that. And don't forget to keep getting in touch, everybody. Yes, thank you, William, as well, for that. Another key voice in the state of Queenie's is Dr David Beard of the Manx Fish Producers Organisation, an industry body which conducts its own surveys to measure stocks. John Moss asked Dr Beard what he made of the new restrictions imposed by government. Um, I can understand the response from DEFRA and the the Minister uh, in cutting the TAC based on the Bangor survey. Um, because Bangor are independent scientists and they've, they've um, you know, it's, this reflects what they found in their survey. Um, for the first time um, since I've been in this job, I, I was amazed at the results of the Bangor survey. Um, in the past, I've been expecting the results um, of both King's Gallup and Queen's Gallup surveys. This time I was um, quite stunned. And I relayed that to the Scholar Management Board, which is the group that... Um, give some recommendations to DEFA and, and the minister. Um, the thing is, is that since last November, fishermen had been reporting um, queen scallops being caught in the king scallop dredges, which is very unusual um, because normally they, they escape. Uh, but they were reporting large quantities um, off Douglas, which is the biggest um, um, ground that they fish for queen. It's the largest in the area. And um, they've been reporting since November that there's uh, uh, numerous beds of queenies um, around that coast. Um, going for, out from the three mile right out to the twelve mile. So, yeah, it was a it was a shock to find out these the um, the findings of Bangor survey. So, I relayed this to the Scotland Management Board, and um, they requested that we do two things: um, uh, that we do a juvenile survey, um, but we also did a standard survey um, using similar gear to, to Bangor, um, and uh, we did that um, in the last uh, over the last two weeks. Um, because we were concerned about the results, but mainly um, also to find out what level of juveniles there are out there. Because at the moment, the gear that is used to do the surveys doesn't find juveniles. And we felt that we needed a longer term, two or three year um, management approach so that businesses can can manage their, 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 the way they're running. Um, and fishermen could look forward to the next two or three years to find out what's going on. So we felt that we had to do a juvenile survey. Um, now, we use uh, specific gear to target the juvenile queenies, and, and really this should be borne in mind before any announcement was made. And, and I think the timing of the announcement was unfortunate, um, and we'll go into that in a minute. But uh, the fact is we found a, a very large bed of juvenile queenies uh, to the south of the island, um, an area about three miles um, long, one mile wide, full of uh, juvenile uh, queenies, all below minimum land size. Um, so uh, that area has now been closed to fishing, so that's protected, and so hopefully they'll all join the population uh, next year. But without this industry survey, we re- really wouldn't have known that, that there was a lot of uh, juvenile queenies there. So it was really worth doing. And it's one thing that actually the bank have been promoting for the last four or five years and, and saying that we need a juvenile survey, and we've, we've been in agreement with that. Um, hence, industry carried out the survey. Um, at the same time, we also um, surveyed for larger um, adults and adult queenies, and we found them in the areas where the fishermen said they were off Douglas. Um, and we didn't just select these areas. They were selected by random. So we didn't just go to an area and just sort of say, this is where they found them. Let's test here. We, we, we had it um, randomly selected. And we did over 120 different survey sites in three of the grounds uh, around the Isle of Man. Um, 
it's a lot more than anger can do because of the limitations of their vessel. Um, and unfortunately, the areas where Bangor surveyed, um, we found relatively low levels, but the areas alongside those um, uh, survey stations, we did find very good levels, um, some extremely high levels of adult queenies off Douglas. Can, can I just uh, say, to sum up, are you saying the government is acting on inaccurate information or incomplete information? Um, I'm not saying that. No, I'm not saying they're acting on inc- in, inaccurate information at all, because um, Bangor are independent scientists and they they carry out a standard survey, which is the same every year. Uh, what I'm saying is that I don't think that the sites that they do, which is is the, uh, the same position every year, the sites that they did this year are not where the high densities of queenies are, um, and that's been shown by the survey we've done. Um, and and there's, <laughs> you look at a map of where they surveyed, and you look at a map of where we found the very high densities, and they've missed nearly every single one. It's not, it's not their, it's not their fault. It's not. It's just that the survey isn't complete enough. There's only about 24 stations at maximum around the Isle of Man that have queenies on them that Bangor survey. We surveyed over 120, as I say. And I, I say that look, the DEFRA have acted on the Bangor findings, and as independent scientists, it's Bangor's duty to do that. But. It also would have been good if the minister in particular waited for his announcement until after the results of the industry survey, which was supported by the Scholar Management Board. Did they, the um, government know that you were doing a survey? Oh, yeah, no. They, they paid part of, uh, I think they paid 40% of, um, towards the, the survey. They paid, well, part of the survey, they paid 40%. Industry paid the rest. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it was just, again, it, it was one of the things that was referred to before in the previous interviews was about timings. And it's unfortunate that um, all this sort of stuff was done so close to the um, beginning of the season. I just think that if they'd have found, uh, looked at our findings as well, which we're going to be discussing with Bangor over the next uh, few days, I think the announcement would have been different, I I believe. I I, I thought the announcement of a 40% cut and then a possible ban next year was very unwise and premature. Are you saying the government should go back on what they've decided? I just, we're going to have a review after four weeks of the fishery, okay? And hopefully, you know, the fishermen will catch well. And, I mean, look, put it this way. Bangor and government would be delighted if we found uh, high populations of queenies and the fishing was excellent. Um, They're not not in the business to try and push us down or anything like that. They're reflecting on what they found. But I just think that the survey isn't complete enough to reflect what's actually on the ground. Um, I wouldn't normally be arguing this point because up to now I've, I've, I've understood the results of the surveys, but this time I was surprised by them because of the amount of times that the uh, fishermen had said, and not just Manx fishermen but UK fishermen, had said that the, uh, they'd encountered queenies in their scallop dredges, which is unusual. You're saying fishermen so, are walking away from the trade already because of what they've, the government's announcement? Um, we have lost crew um, on a number of boats. Um, we've got 28 queenie boats. I don't think many of them would be fishing this week because they're having trouble with crew. The crew have walked away. Um, you, and you can imagine it. You've got a 40% cut in TAC. If, the, if they're caught at the rate of even just last year, um, we're facing a five- or six-week fishery. So what do the fishermen do from mid-August through to the end of October when the, when the king scallop season starts? Um, they've got a 10-week period. They'll have no income. Um, worst of all, the mention of a ban in 2020 or probable ban in 2020, um, that's all over the UK. 
it's got to the buyers. Um, these buyers look long term. They're not going to have any gaps in their um, their supply. Um, they will be looking at other places to buy from. So to say that there's a ban in 2020 or probable ban in 2020, I think was very unwise. The impact that that could have, the potential impact on that could be huge. Um, and it really is concerning to me. And I, and I wish the statement hadn't been made. I really do. Um, the, the major thing about all of this is that the people that are trying to do something about um, sustainable fishing for non-quota species and, and, and queen scallop and king scallop and, and, and the other species we fish for, crab, lobster and whelk around the other man, are called non-quota species. So they don't have a an overall catch limit um, set by the EU. Okay, so w- the Isle of Man has decided, industry and and government have decided to set total allowable catches for for these for some of the species, and effort control on others uh, others of those species. So so for king scallop and queen scallop, we have um, catch limits. Um, unfortunately, if you look at it uh, from the stock perspective, the queenies aren't just in the territorial sea; they are in the whole of the Irish Sea. And until you get management out to the edge of the stock boundaries, then what we do in the Isle of Man will not fully recover any stock because we're getting what uh, young um, queens, spats as they're called, from areas outside the territorial sea, and our territorial sea is supplying spat out to the areas in the UK waters. So until the Isle of Man government and the other devolved administrations get their heads together and get an overall management strategy for the entire boundary of the stock, then what we do won't work fully. And it's quite ironic that the only people that are trying to do something about it, the Isle of Man and the industry, are going to be the ones that are being punished. When the UK have an unmanaged fishery with a lower minimum landing size, no curfew, um, 24-hour fishing, we're out for 12-hour fishing, no TAC, no controls at all, um, no control over dredge numbers per boat. So there's an unmanaged fishery out there which is trying to supply spat to us until the other man and devolved administrations get their act together and and act on a management level over the whole of the stock boundary then what we're doing is only going to impact on the manx industry so yeah brilliant Uh, yeah there's a lot that needs to be done and we're not doing it we're not putting our effort in it in the right place what, what's TSC, by the way? What does it stand for? Or? TAC, Total T- Allowable Catch. Total Allowable Catch, Total right, allowable okay. Catch, yeah. yeah, and then that's set. That's set um, uh, it, there's an EU set, a, a Total Allowable Catch for all quota species, but, but the species we fish for are called non-quota species. Yeah. Okay, so, so there isn't an EU Total Allowable Catch. So we set our own because we feel that's the right way to do things. Okay? Mm. Unfortunately... Unless, as I say, unless the stock are managed out to the stock boundaries, which is what the EU do for all stocks. Whenever they set a TAC, they set it out to the, bound, the stock boundary levels. Yeah. Now, we're not, we're not doing that. Now, the Isle of Man is, is really trying to do the right thing here. Um, and, and you definitely need credit for that. And so did Bangor University and so did the industry, because we're trying to do the right thing here. But unfortunately, the consequences of not managing out stock boundaries is that the Isle of Man fishermen are the only ones that are getting punished. Hmm. It seems grossly unfair. Interesting. Um, then the other aspect, if you don't mind me saying, is is about the fact that there's been talk about possible diversification to other species. At the moment, 
um, it's pretty impossible because to be able to fish for other species, especially the quota species, um, you need quota. Okay, so you need to be allowed to fish to a certain tonnage. We, the other man doesn't have that quota. We, we were never granted this quota when it was all divided up in back in 1983 by the EU. We weren't given this quota. Okay, so the other man itself can't go out fishing for for prawns. We've got all, all we've got is is about 1.5 percent of the quota of the entire RSD for prawns and other species. We've got 0. We we have 8.6 percent. Of the waters of the of the um, of the RSC within our territorial sea, and yet we've only got between 0% and 1.5% of the quota, depending on the species. So we can't go out and fish for these other species. Um, we've probably got enough prawn quota within that we that has been purchased over the over the years for about two boats. That's all. So it's all very well, and we we thank the government for grant, the grant system, but. It, it doesn't help when you you've got to have quota in the first place. So we could we could put four nets on all of our boats, but we can't fish for them. And also, it's like as one of the fishermen said, it's like asking um, a plumber to become an experienced carpenter in six weeks. You're going to an entirely different fishery. Um, the Manx fishermen are scallop fishermen. It's very very difficult to change the skill level and the skill set to be an, becoming a prawn fisherman in six weeks. So it, it's the help is appreciated as far as diversification grants is concerned, but at the moment it's not really applicable apart from on a very small scale. So um, we, we are scholar fishermen. Say, so, well, I mean, I'll give you an example of the of, of the effect this has had. We've got two guys, um, uh, elderly gent- elderly gentlemen, shall I say, um, with a hundred queenie seasons between them, um, and they packed in. They've stopped. And they've had 100 year, uh, seasons of queenie fishing. The vast majority of that was, was without any, any control or any, any sort of um, stock sort of TAC. So, um, and they've, they've now left the, the industry. Hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah. Presumably one of them was Mr. Much. Pennington, was it? Just out of curiosity. No, no, he's, he's still, still there. No, he's still there. He's, he's still he's still fishing. Yes, I'm still trying to fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as I say, it's only going to be a limited fishery uh, at the present quota level. It's only going to be a very limited fishery. You know, um, but all of us want there to be a successful queenie fishery, and and our our survey suggests that there are uh, there is a good stock of Douglas of adults and a good a very good stock of of juveniles down at Chickens to the south of the island. That was Dr David Beard there speaking to John Moss. Just time for a closing comment, William. Thanks, Dolan. Yes, Anne has got in touch on Twitter saying that she appreciates feelings are running high and people's livelihoods are at stake, but I wish you would stop broadcasting the fishermen calling scientists snotty-nosed kids. These are presumably people defer employs with PhDs in marine science. Show some respect. The Nation Station Thanks, Ray.